Hello, everyone, and welcome down to episode number 47 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, here in downtown Ocean Grove, and my good friend on the screen over yonder, Cam Blake, joining us as he normally does from Hobart, Tasmania. Hello, Cameron. Yes, how are you, Brendan? I am back home in Tasmania, uh, just like you're back home in Ocean Grove. Yes. Uh, Yes, uh, back in the land of beautiful, sunny winter days. It's been lovely here today. How good is a sunny winter's day? We get them all the time down here and people think we are just crapping on. Mm. Um, I got up this morning, I walked down, I'm like, I literally do not need a jumper on. It was like yeah. 16 degrees at 10 o'clock this morning. Yeah, no, it was it was uh, rather nice. We had, it was funny, our weekend was so bad on Saturday, like awful rain, yuck. And then Sunday, my goodness, there was yeah. the, the pick of the days for winter. It was blue skies, lovely. Yeah. Yeah, right. right. We do. In fact, that photo right behind me. Was, I was going to say that looks was, like a was Sunday. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's, um, that's Bow and Heads. Right. But, uh, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about our backgrounds in a minute because we, we have news. Don't this we episode, ever? This episode. This, this is blowing my mind. Episode forty-seven of the Down South Photo Show is brought to you by our good friends at DigiDirect. We have a sponsor for. Woo-hoo! This episode. For, for, for one episode. <laughs> uh, so the good folk down at DigiDirect have um, decided to sponsor an episode for us, which is brilliant. Mm. They have given us something that we can give away, which you'll hear about shortly. Uh, but the main reason DigiDirect wanted to come on board was so that we could talk about their newly refurbished store in Melbourne, yes. uh, 217 Elizabeth Street in Melbourne. Yes. I, you know, that address, I didn't need to think about that address. It's still no. embedded in my head. So is the phone number. <laughs> is it? I think it was. Hang on, maybe. Oh, don't say it. it because it might no, no, no. change now. <laughs> might have changed. Yes. Um, but yeah, we we have a sponsor, and yeah, how good's that? It's only taken forty-seven episodes for someone to recognise us. That's right. So, so uh, yes, DigiDirect, thank you. Um, so they are they have recently refurbished their store, and it is relaunching this week. Cam, is that right? They, I believe they're it's it's done, but I believe they're opening up with a bit of a celebration. Uh, on Friday this week, or well, actually probably when the podcast comes out, I reckon. So today, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, yeah. when it came out, they have launched their new store and I believe yeah. they're opening at nine o'clock. So if, you've, if you're in Melbourne and yes. you're listening to this, you could get into town and go yes. and check out the new store before they close tonight. And the good thing is what, what they've given us to give away, you don't have to be in Melbourne to actually win it yes. uh, or use it. You can be anywhere in the world to be able to use that. Yeah. Um so yeah, but uh, your new store refurb. I thought they did a refurb not long ago with the new store, but that might have been years ago. I don't know. It was probably pre-COVID, and we've and we all know that the last three years have been one year. Yes, so, yes, yeah. No, that's right. Did, so it's it's very exciting. Do you remember doing many Friday night shifts at the Camera House? I put my name down for all of them. Yes, <laughs> I, I actually you, really enjoyed it. Do you remember the people that used to come in at 8.30 <laughs> on a Friday night in Melbourne? It was yes. uh, it was hilarious. Yes. Some of the yes. people... So I, you... <laughs> I had a guy come in and he, he asked me for a uh, a pack of pack of um, Winfield Blues, Winnie Blues. Yes. Winnie Blues. And yeah. I said, oh, sorry, excuse me. He goes, yeah, Winnie Blues, they're over there. I went, they're videotapes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I remember one Friday night there was... Um, somebody of some religious faith came in and, and was blessing the store and he had right. a bucket, he had a bucket of rice and he was just throwing it at all the cabinets and blessing everyone in the store. He was throwing <laughs> rice over us. And before anyone got really over, before anyone got overwhelmed, 
um one of the managers i think turned around and said oh look it's all right he comes in most friday nights it's okay don't worry about it i'm like radio yeah, yeah. okay can, what am yeah. i cam go grab the vacuum go it's grab fine. The, pretty, pretty much go grab the vacuum clean up the house yeah. clean up the floor so yeah anyway that's going to be good for them a new yep. store um, so um to celebrate the mm-hmm. launch of the new store and digidirect sponsoring this episode uh, they have given us a 150 dollar voucher Yes. to give away to you guys, our listeners. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's very exciting. Yes, thank you. That's um, nothing yeah, to be sneezed cool. at. No, 150 bucks. That's a couple of memory cards or an extra battery for your camera. Could yeah. be heaps of stuff. Sensor cleaners could be a, not put towards a bag. Could be a down payment on a new SLR. Could be a down payment. It could be. It mm. could be a bottle of whiskey for Mark. It could be. <laughs> nice. I'm sure he'd like that. <laughs> Mark's, Mark's the manager of the store for those who don't know, and he doesn't mind a drop of whiskey. Yes, so I, I I have uh, furnished Mark with the odd bottle here or there. That's yes. for sure. And I'm sure he's listening. G'day, mate. Hope you're well. Oh, he has um, to be this one. So we hastily decided a way that we're going to give away this $150 voucher. And being that yes. we are the Down South Photo Show and we talk a lot of stuff about landscape photography, we want to see your best landscape photo, basically. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, throughout the month of August, uh, which I think Monday is like August the 1st or something like that. It is, um, yes. We're going to get you to start sending in your best work. Um, yep. We're going to limit it to one entry per person, so choose wisely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want you to pick your what you consider to be your best landscape photo, and we want to see it. Yeah. So, And the way you can uh, send it to us is we want you to actually message, send it via Messenger, either yep. on Facebook or Instagram, Ken? Or Instagram, yeah. One of those little private messaging. So yep. so we can see the picture. Otherwise, sometimes they get lost in all the comments and yep. traffic on social media. So send it to us, either Facebook <clears throat> Messenger via the page or the Instagram page, Messenger. Uh, we're, we're not going to use your image to put on a billboard and rip you off. Uh, no. We're just, we're just going to use that image. And um, we will obviously ask permission of the person who wins if, we're, if they're happy for us to share and maybe share a few others of people's. But yeah, we want to, we want to, let's inspire us. We want to see some photos that you guys have done. Does is there's no time limit? It could be the best photo you've ever taken. Correct. Uh, or it could be one you took last weekend. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Or you might we'll not have, have even taken it yet. You might not have. That's right. You might still be taking it through mm. August. Um, mm. But yeah, send it through to us, and uh, Brendan and I will put our heads together and uh, come up with a winner of a hundred and fifty dollar voucher from DigiDirect Melbourne. Goodness me, we may even announce the winner in a live show. Who knows? But uh, you keep promising live shows, and all I know, of a sudden, I keep sort of going away from the running sheet, don't I? Just yeah. making stuff up, which is fine. Yeah, it, it works generally. Um, so hey, there you go, DigiDirect. Um, you never, get, you never guess what I did on the weekend. Sorry, uh, you shopped you at, shopped at DigiDirect. No, I didn't shop at DigiDirect, but I actually plugged our Down South photo show at a boy to other people. At a boy, and, <laughs> and and I haven't checked the subscriber count, but clearly it's spiked. What are we like? I, three I, and a half thousand now, four thousand. Must I think be it's only when we do live shows we get spikes. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's no, funny you should say that because um, I, I had a couple of regular listeners come into my new store um, right. during the week. Uh, Mark, hello, Mark, and hello, Mark. I also had Neil. Hello, Mark and Neil both popped in and. Uh, Mark said he spent the last couple of weeks catching up on our episodes because yes. he's sort of, you know, as you can do with podcasts, it's great. Yeah, you can yeah. listen to them whenever you want to listen to them. But he he wanted to listen to them chronologically, so he's finally caught up to speed. So he was. Did did Mark sort of assume that we made some sense week after week? Because <laughs> he <laughs> actually uh, he actually was full of praise, so which is pretty cool. So thanks, Mark. Right. And um, thanks, also Mark. he. <laughs> 
he, uh, he he had a bit of a chuckle because he was saying how uh, he was looking forward to the episode last week, which never came out. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, actually. I, I was planning because I've just got back from Perth doing a uh, four-day sort of weekend or three-day weekend trip over there. And I had all intense, uh, intentions to come and do one. I had my laptop and, but it's, I, you know, what? it sort of got me the time difference. So yeah. I get finished for the day and like sunset was, you know, normal time for sunset, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock. By the time we packed up, got back in the car, went and had some dinner. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll go chat to Brendan. And I'm like, oh, it's nine o'clock here. Oh, well, it's 11 o'clock there. <laughs> can't, can't do that. So it was, really, it was really weird that, um, yeah. yeah, it's hard, hard to get used to. But yeah, so apologies. We didn't do one last week. This one, we've got a chock full show this one. Oh, we're making up for it. This is what you do when you sit on a plane for three or four hours. You think of things to get on here about. And um, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk about your background because, um, man, that is such a cool place. Have you been here? Uh, I have, but oh. when I was there, it was about 47 degrees. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was and, about. And four... it was last century. Cool. Well, <laughs> those rocks have been there probably long enough. Um, okay. Funny you say it was 47 degrees when you were there last, because when I was here, it was about 4.7 degrees. I reckon. Oh, there you go. Right. Um, so this is at the Canal Rocks. Uh, so the, the trip I just did in Perth was uh, we did a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, and then a bit of a muck around on Monday with a few mates to go take photos all down the southwest corner. Of, uh, I was going to say Tassie then, southwest corner of WA. Um, and the similarities between southwest Tassie and southwest WA are quite similar. Like the, the coastline's rugged, jagged. And we had a lot of conversations about just how the weather just beats the crap out of the coastline and the rocks are all screwed. But this is really cool. And this, this bridge, like well, this little walkway, it's really cool. Like the, the actual work they've done there is pretty impressive to get a, a bridge over there. But I also, while I was there Googling and researching things, this bridge, this bridge has been washed out a few times <laughs> by waves. So yeah. um, so this is actually on the first the first morning we got we got there or the first sunrise we did. And, um, and yeah, thought we'd get some shots and there's a bit of, can't really tell because I can't, but there's a bit of movement going under the bridge there. Look at my head just popping there. A um, yeah. bit of movement there and the, the rocks. There were some really cool storm clouds coming through. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. We had a, we had a great time, actually. It was um, it was really good. It was good and good. We had about um, about 11 people. I'm going to do a shout out uh, to Nathan or Nature by Nathan, uh, who's online. Uh, in the end, um, my friend Sang Ma, who we usually do these workshops with, he was a bit under the weather with maybe a spicy cough or two. And ended up having to get Nathan to come in, who's another workshop uh, runner over in WA. And yeah, he's a lovely guy and did some, he does some beautiful work. So check him out, Nathan, uh, Nature by Nathan on Instagram. But we we ended up having this workshop with about a dozen people and had a ball. It was really good. Had a couple of beers each night. It was awesome. Link in, link in description. For yeah, that. we'll put his link down there. I don't think he needs any help social media wise. He's got a pretty healthy following. Um, but uh, yeah, we had a good time. We had some good Olympus users there. We had some Nikons and Canons and couple of sony people as well so we had a we had a ball but that's what we produced um i actually got another shot exactly like this on the monday when the guests had gone home and a few of us hung around taking some photos and it was a complete opposite it got a big sort of starburst coming out of up here and the water was the water was really coming in to the point it was splashing over this bridge and yeah it was pretty cool so good spot if you're down in wa um get down to that southwest corner uh, further evidence of um, what we talk about a lot on the Down South Photo Show, and that is you know, get yourself to these spots, people. Like, yeah. you know, do you really need that latest f2.8 lens or would you rather, you know, spend a weekend in southwestern Western Australia? 
there, there's a topic for another show. Mm. If you had five thousand dollars, what would you buy? Ooh. Gear, gear or experience? Well, it's a no-brainer for me. But well, it'd be a no-brainer for me because I've got too much gear, so I'm going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, and um, and your background is you said Barwon okay. Heads. Is that correct? Yeah. So this, I'm just going to cover up the camera so you can see it. So this is Barwon Heads. Um, on Sunday, literally, uh, so speaking about spicy coughs, my wife had a spicy cough all week last week, came out of ISO on Sunday and only wanted to go for a walk in the sun and uh, get a coffee. So that's exactly what we did. And yeah. uh, that is literally um, the best camera is the one you've got on you. That is the iPhone straight okay, out of sure. the pocket, Snapo, yeah. and edited in Snapseed. So um, now. Yeah. Anyone watching, because people on, on podcasts can't see this, but if anyone else is watching, is it doing their head in as much as it's doing my head in that there's too much gap above your head on your on your webcam? <laughs> Don't you know well, the rule about, you know, portrait journey? Like yeah, you need to jack up, jack up or do something. How's that? That's better. Yes. There you Sorry. go. Yeah. That was, that, I, was, that, yeah. that was my OCD kicking in. I'm like, oh. That's fine. I'm way closer to my camera than you are as well. So, because I can put my finger over the thing. I could put my finger over there, but then it just. You can't away. reach your little fella. My lens is right there. It doesn't really. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's nice. cool. And looks yeah, like so this is our this is our backyard. Barwon Heads um, mm. is absolutely awesome. So that that in the distance there is the bluff at Barwon yes. Heads, very yep. very famous in this area. And the lovely council build this beautiful rock wall here and um, yeah. cover it with all the timber, and it can make really cool, really cool shots. Um, it's a good area yeah. to just go around, and it's actually a really nice spot just to walk and be back in yeah. amongst nature. It's really especially. Good spot. Especially if you've been inside with a spicy cough. Yes. So um, that was uh, that was good. So yeah. yeah. Um, good. And also, we just want to. I mean, Cam has just mentioned that he's been over in Western Aussie to do his workshops. Mm. Um, I've spent the last two weeks relocating my shop. Um, yes, you have. You never know how much junk you've got until you try to move it. <laughs> and my goodness. Uh, so Saturday week ago, I had um, a few mates come and help me, and we uh, we literally picked up the shop and. Walked at 150 meters and yeah, right. um, plonked it back down again, including the 300 kilogram 300 kilogram printer, which was um, yeah, yeah. We we put a very expensive printer onto a pallet jack and walked it through a car park. <laughs> Why not? That's yep. That was the and only of course, way we could really and of do course it. you had council approval to all that and had high res. Oh, yeah, traffic yeah, traffic all, control. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, how is the new shop? Is it is it rocking? Is it getting um, lots of traffic? It's, or? it's really made a huge difference. To yeah, cool. So uh, for good. those of you who don't know, or may some of you have visited me at, the, at my old location in Ocean Grove, we were inside a shopping centre called Ocean Plaza, and uh, unfortunately, through uh, COVID, um, killed off a lot of the businesses inside the plaza. So so much so that I was pretty much the last retail outlet left. Yeah. So I yeah. was the anchor tenant all of a sudden. Yeah. And, um, you know, which was tough because people, my regulars knew where to find me, of course, but Ocean Grove has exploded in the last three years thanks to COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two and a half thousand more people now live in Ocean Grove than they did two years ago. Right. And uh, so all the holiday houses are now full. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people permanently living here. But they didn't know where I was. I mean, yeah. you know, people were only coming to me because they when they needed like a photo printed or something like that. Whereas now I'm in, well, I think it's actually the highest foot traffic corridor in mm. Ocean Grove, which well, is that, great. That, that, that's a mess. That's a very busy car park that you face onto. And, it is. It is. Um, and yeah. And, and there's a lot of good little outlets that people need to go there. Yeah. And the yeah, so how, many, how many, how many pies you have from the bakery? We've got two bakeries. So we've got a baker's delight and then the world famous rolling pin bakery, which for some reason wins Australia's best pie every year. 
go figure. And yeah. uh, the other way, we've got Coles and uh, their whatever the Coles bottle shop's called. What are they called? Liquorland or something like that. Yeah, Liquorland, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, the foot traffic you're, is... You're in a dangerous spot, my friend. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Pies and alcohol. Uh, what yeah, and right behind me is is probably Ocean Grow's most popular coffee shop as well. So it's great. Right. It's a real, yeah. it's a, it's a real vibrant hub. I've had heaps of people popping in. I was going to say, you've uh, obviously seen an increase in foot traffic just yeah, I mean, based on not, where you were. Not just customers, like my mates as well. It's like, hey, what's yeah. he like that? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, 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 so it's great. I feel awesome. I feel like it's a great move. Uh, I feel like I'm back part of the community again. So I'm, yeah. I'm really excited about the space. We're operational. There's a lot yeah. I want to do in the space, um, but that'll come. We, yeah. you know, as I say, we're up and have running. You got, have, you fact, have you got pictures on the wall? I've got a few. Uh, we only closed for 36 hours. So we, we closed Saturday midday at one location and opened 9am Monday at the next. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Spot. So yeah. yeah. It's a shame I couldn't come and help time. you move that printer again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Remember we always <laughs> dropped it out of the back of the ute. When don't, we got it? don't worry uh, about uh, that. That's on. fine. Okay. The printer's totally fine. Cool. Uh, well, that's, yeah. That's so awesome. that's, that's what, that's what uh, my week has been. Our main topic for discussion cam. Uh, yeah. I'll let you tell the folks what we're talking about. Right. So I want to get into this, and this is something that we've touched on a few times, but I can't get my head away from this, and maybe it's me being a bit silly about things. I don't know. But is this because of the workshop that you did? It's sort of oh, it's a it's a bit of a thing about all trips I do and all people I meet and all people I talk to. Um, and there's so many out there's this this topic has so many angles to it. It's like an octopus, it's got things going everywhere. But what I wanted to talk about is in regards to our landscape photography these days, so not much, so, and it probably relates to the other genres, but like, are we actually taking photos these days or are we just simply making photos from elements? And what I mean by that is that, you know, and it's probably the old school coming out of me, but every time we do a workshop, every time I meet people, every time I see people's work, it's not a, it's not just a simple take a photo out of the camera and touch it with not much editing and put up there there's so much that goes into these photographs these days so whether or not it's focus stacking or blending or dropping skies in or taking things out or whatever it might be there and and then you know things going to you know denoise and dehaze and you know sharpening tools all these things I, I just sort of feel as a as a person who's very passionate about photography I just sort of feel like we're not taking photos anymore we're making them and I think there, there needs to be, I even said on the weekend, there needs to be a line in the sand. We need to determine, are you a photographer taking, well, I do, maybe just to satisfy my own ego, I don't know, but uh, am I just a photographer who purely tries to take a photo and and do a minimal, minimal amount of adjust, adjustments to it and it's a photograph? Or am I someone who is making a photo, which I would say is digital photography or digital art or whatever it might be, or creative digital where we're taking some elements of a photograph and, and playing around with them. And the reason why this sort of strikes a chord with me is I, I try really hard in my art to get it right in camera. And that's what I try and teach. And I think when people get it right in camera, then really your editing is only minimal adjustments through your editing. But what I see over and over and over again, and not just with people I go with, but on the internet and you know YouTube and things like that, is that people go to these places, don't really care when they're getting there, snap the shot, then go back and turn it into this incredible masterpiece of a landscape that doesn't look anything like the location they were at the time they were. So, yeah, I, I've, a lot of things, I've had a lot of people ask me, and it's not, um, you know, i got a friend who has done well in one of the competitions recently and they wanted to know how to focus stack. 
Uh, and I asked him, you know, why? Oh, well, I need I need sharpness all the way through. And we had a big conversation about hyperfocal distance and all that kind of jazz. And, you know, their answer was sort of along the lines like, oh, okay, yeah, but I still want to know how to focus stack because I want everything nice and sharp. Um, you know, even talking to Nathan on the weekend about his shots, his, his shots are incredible, but he does a lot of masking, a lot of blending and things like that. So I think there needs to be some line in, in, the, in the sand to say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a photographer that's doing minimal adjustments or I'm a photographer that's creating these landscape images. And I think that, I think they're almost different genres. I think they're not one of the same because one is, you know, you're taking a photograph, taking your time, really getting everything right in the camera elements and timing and, you know, shutter speeds and all that kind of stuff. Where, and the other one is still doing that kind of stuff, but then just going and changing it into this, you know, amazing fanciful sort of type of image at the end and i think they're completely different different kettles of fish but it's going to open up a can of worms because i know people are going to say pull your head out of your ass you're just old school and everyone edits photos and everything's digital these days um but it's around to me it's around the aesthetics of it all you know are, are we taking a photograph you know like like photography was meant to be or are we taking elements and creating them digitally later on if that makes sense so that was the topic i wanted to open up yeah. It makes perfect sense. And I'm going to be old splinters weights here because I'm, I'm sitting right on the fence on this one. Well, you um, are. Your background. Almost literally. Um, <laughs> I, I, I completely see the, the pleasure that people get both ways. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and I definitely understand and hear your frustration because, so let's, let's take your trip to WA, for example. You're yeah. in that spot for a few days yes right then you've got sorry what was your the guy's name who was running the, uh nathan yeah nathan, for example yep who yep. lives there right yeah so yeah. he can go back and he can he can go back a thousand times and it's just like yeah. me here at you know you in tassie me yeah. point long stuff you know so i understand why some people uh use digital manipulation and it is that it's yeah. it's digitally manipulating an image um to make it look better than yeah. it looked when they were there now I, I i totally get it and i i also think that's a it can be viewed in itself as an art form yeah because you know cam you're, you're very quick at pointing out when an image is just cooked yeah <laughs> like yeah overdone yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah. you know and, and and normally that's someone who's inexperienced will first you know look i i i actually reckon i can still remember the first time i moved a saturation slider in photoshop back in the yeah. 90s yeah and yeah. went wow okay yeah. you know and it was really it was really um uh, quite addictive to, to yeah. start editing your photos so i understand yeah. that uh but i'm sort of with you as well because i am i'm old school too that i love seeing an image where you look at it and you go that photographer worked their butt off to get yeah. that photo yeah they didn't fix this in a lightroom they fixed yeah. they they did it in the field yeah um yeah. And it's impossible now, unfortunately, to make that differentiation, particularly with everyday punters who are just looking at images and go, wow, yeah. that's a fantastic photo. Yeah. Very rarely are they going to drill down and ask the question about how was that photo taken? Photographers will. Yeah. Because that's our thing, right? And yeah. there's people like yourself who are purists and want to carry the can for pure photography. And I yeah. totally understand that. But you're right there is an element of it might be just time to get our heads out of our asses and yeah. start 
and, I th- know, and, and looking looking at all yeah. the tools that are available to us. And, and that, that's something I keep coming back to a lot. Like I look at my photos, I'm like, well, you know, am I am I missing the boat here because of my stubbornness? Maybe where maybe I can be creating even more more interesting photos or you know something a bit more unique by going down the path of doing these things. But what I would like to see as an industry even is some sort of um, separation between you know minimal minimal photography or minimal editing photography versus highly edited photography because well, i think are you, are you purely talking about competition photography no no I'm, I'm talking about just in general because what one of the major things i get asked about is like if someone says my photos like oh did you did you blend in the, like the what, what did you do there did you focus stack or did you blend in like that's no, a single shot oh well, you must have done something to it like how did you get the water like that or how did you get the sky like that and i'm like well i used i used what i had in my you know, repertoire of dynamic range and exposure <clears throat> and made some minor adjustments to that, like contrast, highlight shadows, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. But what I find over and over again is is a lot of people that are coming into photography and, and you know, really enjoying their landscape photography, that's, that's, their, that's their passion, are getting completely bamboozled by these different, uh, different bookends of photography where they think that they need to do all these special adjustments to photos to be able to create create these amazing photos that people do okay uh, okay i I get that i I totally get that i understand where you're coming from there because you're right people are looking for the shortcut and looking well is it a shortcut yeah it's not what 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 they're looking they're ignoring the tools that they've got in their arsenal already yeah well that what the thing that it drives me and eats away as me is is exactly that like you said they're looking and i don't think it's a, a quick fix or whatever they're looking for but they're looking for the pathway to create the image you know that some of the best photographers create but what they're missing is the fundamental basis of what photography is and the settings and the understandings and things like that and how they all work together because once you start creating photos and you know really putting all these digital elements together then aperture goes out the window because yep. you can just focus stack apertures are relevant Shutter speeds are relevant because you can just blur water and you can do blur movement. Yep. Dynamic range becomes irrelevant because you can just drop skies in and do whatever you want to get. So we've gone from the fundamental capturing of light in a single sort of in a single sort of process so to to creating as, these things. As an absolute aside here, I was when I was young, <clears throat> younger, <laughs> I, I was um, I love the thought of being able to paint. Yeah, you know, I I I had the uh, my parents bought me the seventy two Derwents. Yeah, I had them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I remember um, my mum was awesome at drawing, and she actually do you remember the the picture on the box of the seventy two Derwents? Yes, I do. Like a little bridge. It looked like the the, little stone bridge. It looked like the stone bridge down the eighteenth at the open. Yes, it did. (laughs) Yeah, it did. Very similar to the the Swilkin Bridge for those playing along at home. Yes. Um, and my mum copied it identically on a piece yep. of paper right she, yeah and it was incredible it was a, yeah. a, a masterpiece it was amazing i thought oh, well, i must have that gene in me somewhere i you know I, yeah and, yeah mate i would i would i tried watercolors pencils charcoal everything i hated it and the reason yeah. i hated it was because i'm impatient yeah and i wasn't able to translate uh i wasn't able to express myself in that medium yeah then i got my camera and yes. it all changed. It yep. all completely changed. It was like, hang on a minute. This is the avenue. This is yeah. for me. Yeah. And thank God that happened because, you know, I, 
I am what I am now. Like a, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm immersed in the industry and I absolutely love it. Yeah. But I learned on a film camera, K1000, um, yep. you know, back in the day. And I learned about aperture and I learned about shutter speed. And I learned yeah. about light and I learned about shadows. and I learned about highlights and all that sort of stuff. And then someone said, yeah, but hang on, have a look at this thing called Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. And like I said before, that, that first time I scanned in a negative yeah. and then edited it in Photoshop, it, it, it released more of a creative output in me as more. Yeah. It, it, I felt that connection even more with it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying there? So, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. But and, I think you're completely right. I think more people would benefit if they took the time to learn the fundamentals first. Yeah. Yeah, well, like the question I had, and there was a couple of moments on this workshop uh, in WA where, you know, you go around and asking people what they're shooting and and I always, you know, people love it, love it, or hate me. I don't, you know, people will have their own opinions on that. But I always go up to people and like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so you're shooting at F3.2. Why are you shooting at F3.2? Don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right. But, but, but you're focus stacking. Yeah. yeah. Why are you focus stacking? <laughs> I don't know. Not like, sure. and, this, this, and this is the thing like, like there's yeah. so many like and and, it, and again this is where i get myself in trouble this is not a, a dig at people that do like like people like nathan i love i love what he does I, I i think it's absolutely breathtaking the photos that him and others do where they do spend a lot of time doing that but i think he can be equally as breathtaking by just doing a single frame at the right time in that moment yeah. the difference is those guys who do uh the the former op option they, they are highly skilled artists and they know how to use the tools and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is I think there needs to be some difference in photography. Like, like we, we've got different, um, you know, different ways to split up other art forms and things like that. Why, why does photography all get put in as one big thing? So we're all landscape photographers, but we're doing it completely different ways with completely I think, different knowledge. I think because there's no way you can. There is no. I mean, there, there, do you do you do you have a suggestion like how you could actually? Well, yeah, I, I think I think we need to start referring to the images that are heavily edited or manipulated as digital art. Yeah, so not and not 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 photography. I think they need to be digital artworks. Which, mm -hmm. again, that's not taking away because what they're doing is they're still using a photographic tool, but they're doing the hard yards or majority of work in a digital studio. And I know everyone in the background will be like, but Ansel Adams used to, you know, he used to dodge and burn and do stuff in his darkroom. Yes. And yes, I take a raw file and I play around with it. So it's digitally manipulated. I get that. But there needs to be a, a point. There needs to be a... There's a line a, in the sand. Well, there needs to be a, there yeah. needs to be an intersection where at one stage your photo goes from being a pure photograph with some editing to then splitting into, well, I'm now doing some yeah. digital art creation. No, no, versus... Purely using using the physics of photography yes. as it was meant to be versus yes. the yes. manipulation of the image yeah. as it as it's now as it now has become. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I mean, look, you can't, I mean, other than what, putting a you know a, a little, you know, um icon on the image or something. Like yeah, yeah. That's impossible. The the genie's out of the bottle. Yeah, um, yeah. In my uh, opinion, yeah, I, yeah. I think I, I think it's gone too far now. Anyway, and and again, yeah. when you're talking about people scrolling Instagram feeds, yeah, uh, and a lot of photographers do, of course, but generally it's it's you know yeah. the average person just scrolling through Instagram, they will stop on something that is eye catching, and yeah, unfortunately now eye catching is now generally manipulated images. That and that that's the thing. So to me, 
I, I, I think that goes away from the pure meaning of a photograph. So photography I think you're right. Paint, I think photog- you're right. Photography is painting with light. And so what, what we're doing, what we're doing is we're painting with the light that's available. What people are doing that are doing these, you know, more heavily manipulated, and, and I don't want to say manipulated because that makes it that's a negative word, but they're editing more and, and creating more. But what they're doing is they're they're then adding in digital elements to create different light. So they're not painting with light, they're painting with, I guess, digital. They're they're digitally enhancing photos along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And like and, and it's not for everyone to do that and vice versa. And I'm not saying, again, these people that do it, that's all good. But what I find is really, I think it's not necessarily good for the, the industry of people that want to get into landscape photography because people are coming in with this sort of base knowledge of what they want to do, but they're looking at these photos that are just, oh, my God, how are you doing that? And then it comes down to all these special little things like I said, focus stacking and bracketing, not bracketing as such, but, you know. No, no, br- bracketing. Bra- bracketing like exposure um, bracketing when you're doing five exposures. You that's know, right. H- under, HDR, under, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, do you remember when HDR took off? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that, 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 that that's where I'm at with it. And it's, and it, like I said, it's not a dig at anyone. It, it's just, I think there needs to be. So, so people coming into landscape photography can have a choice. To a point, they can look at it and go, "Okay, oh, Cam, he he does a lot of he all this stuff is single frame photographs with a little bit of editing. I like what he does, and I like the fact that to get that, there's a lot of understanding of of how photography works. Or, for example, Brendan, Brendan does a lot of heavily edited and makes these amazing bits of digital art. I really want to go down that level, so I don't necessarily need to know what my camera does, so to speak, but I need to know." how to make those adjustments in Photoshop or Lightroom or yeah. layers and masking and things I, like that. I think it comes down to when you, you've you caught a great image. So people ask, like, forever in a day, people have always asked me, do you use Photoshop? Yeah. And the answer is always yes, because that is a tool of the trade. Yep. Photoshop is now a tool of the trade. And if you're not using Photoshop, you're kidding yourself. Or some kind of, of course, yep. Photoshop has become the, the catch-all phrase for That's right. editing, right? Yeah. So how, which is pretty amazing by Adobe. Yeah. They have, they, you know, that image is Photoshopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's like a transit van. You know, yeah. Yeah. The, that's right. It's, it's, or the Hoover. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. become part of the vernacular. Yeah. Um, I've totally lost my point, but no, what, I, what I'm saying is if you, you know, if you've captured an image, for example, image behind you now, Cam, mm. you know, it's a great image and it's done really well at a camera, but if let's say someone else took it and yes. they went, ah, look i just missed that bit of light up in the top left corner it's so unbalanced now yeah i'm going to dodge that out a little bit or they did focus stack it and they got um you know seven different exposures of the same image and then layered it to achieve that it's it's a really fine line isn't it it is it is a really fine line but but i think you're looking for disclosure you're looking for people to say you know by the way i thank you for loving my image I just want you to know that it's built on a computer. Yeah, in in a way, yeah. And you know, we had a little bit of a piss take at you and your drop skies in down at the Port yeah. Ferry Lighthouse. Yeah. But you know, someone could come along. Drop the sky into this one. Look at all you that could. sky. That's perfect. <laughs> so someone could come along to this one and just drop a sky in, put a sun flare in, do you know, put something in the water, swirls in the water, the whole thing. And someone who looks at that, you know, absolutely as as a person looking to buy art would say that's amazing and. 
you know, if that, if that strike, if that talks to that person wanting to buy the artwork, then awesome job, job done by the artist. But if a photographer who's wanting to learn or someone wants to learn how to do that, looks at that photo and goes, well, how the hell do you do that? The first thing they do is start Googling things yeah. and, and it just creates this false learning journey for people. And, and I think, you know, this is actually a stupid conversation for me to have because by people not understanding how some things are done makes them want to go on workshops and learn how to do things. And here I am saying to people, just, just don't do that. Just actually learn and figure it out yourself. So yeah, yeah. Hello, who's the idiot, but yeah. No, no, no. What, what you're saying is go on one of your workshops because well, you're well maybe from the ground up. Yeah, well, that's um, the thing. And, and, and I do get people who say to me, oh, you know, how much editing are we going to do on this workshop? And I'm, I generally say not much because yeah. we'll, we'll get it right in camera. And yeah, so it's just something that I come across a lot and I just think there needs to be some identification that, Hey, there's, there's digital photography, but there's a, there's a, at a point where it turns into digital art. Yeah. And I think that needs to be clearer. I think that that's a bit of a muddy water. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I just have no idea how to achieve it. And, no. and as I said, the genie's out of the bottle and I don't think there's any going back. No. Well, there isn't, there is no going back. No. Um, some, something else something else I came across, sorry, that yeah, I was talking about focus bracketing or focus stacking. I I religiously don't focus stack, right? But I did on this trip just to try and, again, like in my back of my head, I'm like, am I missing something? Yeah. What am I doing? You know, and I've watched a couple of YouTube clips over the time about focus stacking. I'm like, that's just not for me. So at one of these spots behind me, I was with a good friend, Cheryl. Hello, Cheryl, for listening. And we're taking some photos. I'm like, I'm going to photo stack this. And it was, oh, you might've seen that photo of the gnarly wood thing and the yes. sugarloaf thing. And I thought, you know, that's a really close subject. In the you foreground. mean this image is on the screen now? Are you going to put it up, eh? All right, Absolutely. cool. Um, so this image has, you know, it's got a really big rooty thing in the foreground. It's got sugarloaf rocks in the back. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of distance. There's a lot of depth in there. I'll focus stack um, and I'll put my camera into focus stacking mode and away we go. I traditionally sort of shoot on F11 or F16 for my landscapes. So I set that up, pressed the button. It did like a series of do, 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 whatever. So my understanding is that you take those seven stops or seven, six shops or whatever it is, put them back, put them all as different layers, blend them all together, auto align them, bang, bang, bang. You've got this incredibly sharp image from front to back. I went through the seven images and there was one image in there that was completely sharp from front to back. <laughs> so my F16? question yeah f16 my question yeah. is then and on my camera it doesn't say focus bracketing it doesn't say focus stacking it's focus bracketing so if you're doing exposure bracketing white balance bracketing whatever it might be you are bracketing traditionally to get one frame that works is focus bracketing not about stacking but is it more about getting the hyperfocal distance captured in those seven shots I don't know the answer to it. I, I think it's yeah. along the because okay. I looked at this thing and I went, "Do you know the I'll, answer?" I'll give you the answer. Um, yeah. In my opinion, focus right. stacking was is not for landscapes. It's not. It's for right. macro photography and it's yeah. for, in some cases, portrait work, but more macro work. Yes. Um, if you Google focus stacked insects, for example, oh my goodness, mm. like you can see some incredible. Yes. depth of field and that's because when you're working with a macro lens it has that very very shallow depth razor of thin razor thin. correct yeah. so and sometimes that that don't work for your no. subject you don't want to have your spider to be just one focal plane and everything else out of focus yeah so i think focus stack was invented 
yes. mainly for macro work, and then it has started to seep into landscape. Yes. And what you've just said there is exactly right. It doesn't really need to be used in landscape. But there no. would be there would be sometimes. Um, you know uh, that image behind you, for example, you've got a main subject very close to yes. your right shoulder there, and you've got the rocks way off in the distance. In fact, there's even a horizon in that shot. Yeah. Um, you know, I would argue that even at f16, you might not get that as pin sharp as you might want. But, so uh, maybe yeah. there might be a need for it then, but well, that, rarely in landscape, man. That that shot of that you put up before, um, you know, you can actually see the focus shifting along as it does its thing. Yeah, And it gets to a point somewhere in the middle, about frame four or five, where to the front of the frame, to the horizon is sharp. Yeah, And I think focus bracketing on a camera is not designed to allow you to focus stack, although it does certainly open itself up to that process. But I think focus bracketing is allowing you to nail that hyperfocal distance. So if you don't know what hyperfocal distance is, go look it up. And every lens and every camera and every sensor, it'll be different. But generally, it's the sweet spot where you have to focus to get the maximum depth of field from that aperture you're using. And I went back to my computer and I looked at it and I had a bit of an aha moment. I went almost a bit of a aha. I think I was right (laughs) from the start because I looked at it and I went and I, I did it a few times at different scenes. And every time there was one frame in the series that was spot on. Okay, so if so. you're if you're if you're looking to focus, use your focus bracketing mm-hmm. in a camera. I I would suggest don't always jump down the idea of going into focus stacking later on. Yeah, I have a question. So and this is something that I've never tried, and maybe you have, but I've right. I've certainly not. Um, so instead of focus stacking, meaning working through your aperture values yes. to get more and stuff. What about literally changing the point of focus in the image? Yep. So, for example, working at f two point eight, yes. we've got shallow depth. Now that, and we can again use that image behind you. You know, so we focus on the rail right there beside you, and then we focus on the rock behind beside your head there, and then we focus on the horizon way off in the distance. Three images. That's all. Yes. Yes. And then we blend those images where you've actually yep. got elements that are in focus yes. throughout the scene that shouldn't be. Yeah. They've got no right to be in focus at that aperture. That's not how you've shot the image. Does that work? Well, that's practically what you're doing, focus stacking. Yeah. It's because I thought focus stacking was more about that aperture and changing your depth of field. Well, uh, no, what it does, it it keeps the same aperture, but the, the camera automatically works its way through the focus point. Okay, right. Gotcha. From front, from front to back. So okay, so the aperture doesn't change. No, the aperture is the same all yeah, the way okay. through. All right. yep. So I think, but I think you can set up some cameras to also do different things, like you're saying there. Yeah. But what what the I camera? I think that could lead to some pretty interesting photography. Well, it could, um, it, it's, but, but it's not is it's not photography though, right? Well, that's the thing. So you know, and this is the thing I love about photography. It's it's science. It's physics. It's the vibe, man. I felt like a guy at the castle there. Um, <laughs> but it, it is. It's it's, it's Marvo. Um, it's it's science, and it's the you know, the optics of the, the lenses and the light traveling through that and how wavelengths work and all that kind of jazz that gives us that depth of field. And I think it's a beautiful thing in photography. If you understand depth of field and how it works, you can nail every shot pretty much 99% yeah. sharp. And then then you get onto the other conversation that we had a lot on the weekend is that everybody you talk to um, starts asking you questions about your camera. Oh, yeah, but is it sharp? 
Like, is it sharp? <laughs> it's like, what is what sharp? Well, is it yeah. sharp though? Like, does you know, is it sharp all the way through? There, yeah. There's this overwhelming hang up on sharpness and noise in the in the landscape photography world. 100%. And my, my my number one comeback to that is, all right, so just the last twenty shots you've taken that you like, are they which which gallery they're hanging in, or you know, are they on whose wall they on? Oh no, yeah. they're on a hard drive. Yeah. So step so sharpness and noise. I mean, absolutely jack shit if you're not yeah. putting them anywhere apart from online. Yeah. And people, again, this is this whole YouTube and whole oh, YouTube it's, world it's where like, people are it's learning like things. everything though, man. Like things get buzzwords, you know, yeah. and, and it's like people get, and you're right, people get hung up on it. It's like, yeah. you know, back back when we were selling cameras, it was like, oh, it's a fast lens. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was the buzz. That was the buzz then. Oh, it's a yeah. fast lens. I can, it's a fast lens, look, yeah. I can, I can go down Flinders Street at night and take a photo of the clocks, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, handheld. Does it have ED coatings? Yeah, and and we had you know literally what three stops of dynamic range. Whoa, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and and again, that that's something else that people talk about with um, landscape and the difference between photography and digital art is dynamic range. Like people go, oh yeah, but I need to do all this manipulation later on because I just can't get the dynamic range. Yeah. Well, that's because you're there in the middle of the day. Correct. If you're there at the right time, like this scene behind me has maybe five stops of dynamic range. Most mm -hmm. cameras can handle at least 12. Yes. So like there's people doing all these different bracketing and masking and all these kind of adjustments later on to try and increase the dynamic range that's already captured yeah. to at least two or threefold. And, in this, the camera. and this is ignorance about the equipment they've got in their hand. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and that, that, that needs to change because I, I get that all the time in my entry-level workshop. Yeah. Just even the simplest thing where you yeah. where you show them if you turn it from this dial to this dial, your flash won't pop up anymore. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> it's know? on page. It's on page two of your of your. Um, I menu. love that though. I love that. I yeah. love teaching people how to capture the image in camera, and I yeah. think there's a real art to it. And I think if there's one thing we can take away from all our ranting on this subject, it is just that that you yeah. need you need to have that skill of. Uh, being able to pull a great image straight out of camera, yeah, you need to have those weapons in your arsenal um, yeah. because it will, it will even if even if manipulation is your thing, which is it's, it it's is. only it's only going to help. Correct, because then you're not yeah. polishing a turd. You're that's actually, right. You're rolling you're it actually, in glitter as well. You, that's right. You're <laughs> making an image from a very very sound base point yeah. already. Yeah. So and, you're and only going to get better. And and one thing, like a shout out to anyone that listens who maybe in the in the category of actually doing <clears throat> digital art as such as I'm referring it maybe I'll start a trend maybe it's digital art and I'll probably get stabbed or something but that's okay but you know digital art if you're one of these people that I've been referring to yeah if I've been yeah if I've been referring to these people what I would like to see from that part of the community is maybe some extra education back to the community about okay look I took this photo but I took this photo this way because I wanted to manipulate this. My vision or my 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 outcome on digital art I wanted to create. Well, I wanted it to look really like this. I wanted to look glowy. I wanted to have the water, you know, maybe some sort of backwards communication from people and not, not to justify the image they're done, but maybe to educate a lot of people in the community that want to strive oh, for that. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, but I think it comes back to the earlier point, and that is inside every landscape photographer is a struggling artist. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, they want to use all the tools at their disposal to, to create yeah. artwork. And there's always been a stigma from day one about yeah. photography not being art. 
Well, you, and, you know what? I, I, I don't consider myself an artist. Hmm. I never have. And I get asked a few times by people saying, oh, you know, you, you know, you're, 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 artist, you're, you're an artist or you, you, what you do is art. But I, I don't, like to me, an artist is a painter or a musician or, you know, a dancer or something like that. Someone who does, you know, to me, and you're right, photography is an art, but because it's so overwhelmingly popular and accessible to everyone, yeah. Yeah, it's not. But and it's I not, really don't. I don't. I can think... tell you right now, Cam. It is not seen as an art in no. um, in artist circles who move who in artists who move in the circles of painters. Yeah. Uh, in particular, um, photography is frowned upon. It's just yeah. that it's just got a stigma, and that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. You be you. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> do. I consider myself an artist. Um, I think a little bit. I, yeah. I I think some of some of the photos I've taken the ones I'm really proud of, I, I view them as artwork. I view them yeah. as artwork because I normally jam it on a, on a big canvas, chuck yeah. it on the wall and make a few bucks out of it. So I guess that's, you know, it can yeah. be seen as art as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I, some of the biggest compliments that I, I've come across is actually painters reaching out and saying, I love your photo. Can, can I, paint I paint it? it? And, I'm like, <laughs> and, I, and to me, that that is a really high compliment to me. That is because, a compliment. Yeah. Because to me, I'm like, we, and then I look at the photo, the, the painting they do, and I'm like, bloody hell, how do you do that? Like, how do you yeah. paint that? And, and yeah. like, it's from my template, but how do you actually get that? And that, that to me is, is the art form. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, a, it's a funny one. But, um, yeah, we're, we're not treated the same. But, yeah, I've said it a million times. I would I would actually give up any, any talent I have as a photographer. I would happily give up if I could play piano or guitar as well as anyone else you know, in, yeah. in the industry, because I, I would love to be able to do that. And I sometimes practice a bit in what I try and play the guitar yeah. or whatever, but uh, I, yeah, I, I, I think personally, I think you are an artist. I think, I think, um, you know, it's just like saying you, you don't want to pump your own tires by calling yeah. yourself an artist. I get that. Um, yeah. But I think, I think, you know, you, some of the work you've put out is, is art. Like, yeah. there's no doubt but about I, it. Yeah. I, I, I look, and, and I'm, I accept, that but i can't like it it just doesn't pop in my head i don't get up in the no, morning go yeah i'm not an artist i'm gonna go out and do photos <laughs> I, I i think i think i i enjoy more like this place behind us it was bucketing down rain two minutes later i actually enjoy the environment like the yeah. you know the the sounds and the smells and the sights and the feeling and yeah you know you know and mother nature putting you back in your box is what i really love about landscape photography is that no you know? no no question at all and yeah. and this is the other thing i mean artists like how cool is it when you when you're out taking photos and then you see some dude set up an easel yeah yeah <laughs> like they're on a diff, they're on a different level oh it's nuts man I um, love, I love and I, I i'd be interested if there's any painters on our in our listing group that turn around and go oh look at that guy set up a tripod i wonder yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if it goes the other way yeah, that's right, i doubt exactly. it does but anyway uh, look, awesome awesome topic i'm sure we're going to get some feedback yeah, so leave please a comment give below us, if you want to talk sure. a little bit more about that and if you want to um, if you want to send an abusive email send it to brendan and it's and and it's an ongoing discussion and it'll go on forever but like, I, I, you know what? I, I want to see it trend. I want to, I want to see this differentiate. I want to see one photography, you, and then I want to see digital okay. art. You come up with a hashtag, and we'll shout it from the rooftops, mate. No problem at all. Mm. Um, I want to talk. So, can we? Can we? Yeah, move, move on because the next one is. You think you're ranting? Let's go on to the real rant. Oh no! It's just the last couple oh. of days. Um, it just happens to be one particular company that has given me the absolute shits, and that's Nikon. <laughs> uh, 
I should. What have they done there? You oh, gave away. Just, you just gave away a Nikon. Well, one. It was just amazing to me that. So I, I had a, com- a customer come in. She didn't bring her camera with. So eh, whatever. Like I should have been on top of this, but it it really surprised me. She came and she said, I need a memory card from a camera. I was like, okay, what have you got? And she said, I've got a Nikon Z6. Right. Yeah, okay, no worries. Um, you know, and we just went out, I went straight to my memory cards, went through, yeah, okay, you know, what do you want to spend by? This is a 64 gig card. Yeah, 64 would be great. Okay, I happen to have a 64 extreme card I there. Know, I know where this is going. Well, well yep, sold the card. <laughs> See you later. Off she goes. Thought nothing of it. And today she wanders back in, camera in hand, memory card in hand, and goes, doesn't fit. Mm. I said, what? It's an mm. SD? What? Huh? Surely a com- camera company wouldn't change the type of memory card it goes in the could- camera with that. I open this thing up and it's got a freaking XQD card in there. Yeah. And only an XQD card. Yep. That's, that's it. it. Yep. And I went, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, you know, anyway, I, I I thought this can't be right. Like surely there must be an adapter or something. that. T-. So of course I get on good old friend Google and I look at it and I'm like, no, nah, we can't, you can't. And then she said, oh, okay. So Bear in mind, this 64 gig car that I sold her, extreme card, 39 bucks. <laughs> Did you Cameron, tell how much si- do you think a 64 oh. gig XQD card is? $400? Correct. Is that, that's a good guess. $398. Yeah, it's an absolute I, joke. I was just like, anyway, so I thought, how did I get that so wrong? And I so I did a bit more Googling. What do you know? Z6 Mark II takes SD as well as XQD. So obviously yeah. there was a big, I, I must have missed the memo because, and maybe I did, because it came out in 2018. So maybe I did yeah. say it and I've just, with everything that's gone on, I've forgotten about it. But did you did you not hear the collective groan around the photography industry when Nikon finally went mirrorless? Everyone yeah. went, yay. And then I looked, they went, oh. uh, Because they, they put six, an XQD card in XQD it. XQD card, single card slot. One slot uh, was the one I, slot. I, I remember the one slot outrage, yeah. like being and you need, no redundancy, and, good on you. And you need to buy the adapter to run your lenses on there. We're not giving it to you. Okay. You got to so, buy an adapter. So when I take my XQD card out of my Nikon Z6, what the hell do I plug that into? Yeah, my like, images. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. I bet Apple it didn't Mac- come with a US. I bet it didn't come with a USB C cord. I'm sure Apple Mac have a US. Uh, yeah, yeah, have that sort yeah, of uh, SD. Yeah, and it was funny because the customer and she was great. She was very good about it. She was just like, "Oh, no worries. You know, I'll, I guess I'll just use this 32 gig card that I've got with the camera." Yeah. She um she said that's just so bad. Like it's just yeah. it's basically railroaded. Yeah. The user into buying that one particular card for four hundred. So what, I think what Nikon did, they were so late to the mirrorless game that they went, oh shit, we're like five years behind. How do we make up? <laughs> how do we make up for that time lost? We'll put a memory card in there that costs five hundred dollars, and yeah. we'll get a kit back from no that memory card. Use. Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah. Anyway, I, that was yeah. that was one thing. And then okay, so after I've shit canned Nikon, now I'm oh, going to give so we, them. We're going to move on to someone else. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to give Nikon some credit. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, just to 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 carry some favor back with Nikon because one day they'll sponsor this thing. We know this. Uh, the I'm, Nikon D seventy one hundred. I'm going to see Julie in a couple of weeks, and she's probably going to. I'm going to go. I'm going to walk the other way. I think. Yeah. The, the Nikon D seventy one hundred. Do you remember this camera? You know what? I I I would have to say that the amount of attention span I've given Nikon over the last twenty five <laughs> years yeah. is probably no. shorter than this episode. So okay. no, I do not know the D seventy one hundred. Okay. So so I owned a Nikon D seven thousand, and the D seventy one hundred replaced it. So this is we're going back now. 
it's got to be 10, maybe 11 years since the D7100 came out, right? Is there a software update? Absolute (laughs) workhorse of a camera. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Today, Nikon released a firmware update for it. Oh, they did. Uh, Again. (laughs) Really? How about that? I mean, and I think that's awesome because what, now for those of you playing along at home, a firmware update basically means you can download a new operating system for your camera that will bring it into line with pretty much the newest release cameras. Um, The artist formerly known as Olympus does it all the time. I reckon there's more firmware updates for Olympus than I've had hot lunches. But (laughs) there is a, but but that's good. It's a good thing because as I say, free of charge, they will update the brain of your camera and modernize it. So for Nikon to offer support for an 11 year old camera, I think is hats off to Nikon. You just get a big tick in my book for doing that. Yeah. And just looking at the firmware update, what it's saying, I'll tell you what, if you're a Nikon D7100 owner, yeah, I, I, I don't. Well, I don't think you'd be screaming from the hilltops. It's not a huge adjustment. Oh, of, okay. Well, yeah, that that, pro- that probably speaks to how little improvement there's been in the last ten years in, yeah. in SLRs. So the 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 update is it's added the following support for the AFP lenses. So it's given okay. I guess, a bit so more. So you can use the new yeah, lenses. That's good. Use new lenses. That's a win. And um, it's also fixed the problem that opti- optimal exposure would sometimes not be achieved in photos taken in live view using a lens with electromagnetically controlled aperture, E-type Jesus. lenses. Jesus wept. Yeah. Because so, I've lost track of how many times I've wanted to take a photo doing that. Yeah. So <laughs> 11 years, folks, and that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> but I say it again, kudos to Nikon for supporting an 11-year-old camera because there's a lot of companies... Once a camera's, you know, superseded maybe twice over, that's it. Good night, Irene. Maybe Don't Nikon, even touch it anymore. Maybe Nikon can sponsor this show with a firmware update. Yeah, that's right. And um, give us a Nikon Z60 giveaway because God knows they can't sell them. <laughs> Not with an XQD card. No, no. Now, um, this episode, anyway, uh, how many minutes have we been running? We're, well, we're getting about an hour. I reckon, I reckon we can go a little bit longer this one. All because right. shall, shall, we, shall we squeeze in our dear cam? Let's do dear cam. Um, okay. I like it. Yeah, and yeah, I'm in no hurry, but if you're in a And hurry. I would just like to say this is I'm, this is the first time I've laid eyes on this. I didn't read this far ahead on the on the sheet. So <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a very, I believe, a very OM digital Olympus. Okay, you have 90 seconds to respond once I answer, once I ask the question. Okay, right, yeah. are, you, are you ready? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Dear Cam, love the show. Oh, so we get the butter up to begin yeah. with. I always put then... that in. Uh, when I get the question... Oh, I... <laughs> I just copy and paste that first line in. <laughs> Dear Cam, love the show and listen to you and Brendan. Hey, shout out. Uh, every week and always learn something. Well, that's good. That's See, there's the butter up. Here we go. But I currently have an Olympus OMD EM5 Mark II. Do, do you know any other company that has such long-winded titles? I know. They're ridiculous, aren't they? <laughs> it's just, yeah. I currently have an Olympus OMD EM5 Mark II. And I am intrigued by some of the features the OM1 has. Okay, so they're looking at the difference between the EM5 Mark II and the OM1, I would assume, Mark III. Yeah. As you know, I have, as, 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 as I know, oh, as I know, you have this camera. This is talking to you, Cam. Yes. Can you tell me how good the features are, such as the built-in neutral density filters versus the more traditional ND filters that you put on the front of your lenses? Yes. Debating on upgrading my body, is it worth the money? It would be nice not to have to take to take the filters out and risk dropping them. Thanks, mm. Alison in Melbourne. Yeah. Who, so who, did, 
might be able to pop down to DigiDirect once you hear this. Well, that's true. So I think this is a broader question. It almost goes back onto what you're just saying about the Nikon is that yeah. as the models improve, the features improve and, you know, the, the way you can manipulate photos becomes easier. So I think <laughs> yes. I, 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 in this situation, and, and we'll, we'll keep this broad so it's not the OMD Olympus show, um, but I think, you know, every camera has, it should have an improvement on the previous model. Um, with the Olympus one, the new OM one, I think has got significant improvements on the previous models, which is why I bought one. But um, there is things moving towards more in-camera neutral density filters and in-camera uh, live views and in-camera composite modes and all those kind of things across the ranges, really. Um, so, yeah, neutral density filters are another one that I think, have been overused a bit in the industry, you know, getting that really long exposure and creating that stuff. But look, do I, do I think it's worth spending more money to get just one feature? I would say no, but I think Alison, if, if Alison wanted to talk a bit more about that, there's quite a few more features in the OM1, especially from the EM5 that I think would be a significant upgrade uh, in regards to quality sensor, waterproofing image stabilizer, features neutral densities all that kind of stuff so i would say it's probably is worth the money but i wouldn't say let's let's do it based on purely the fact that the nd filters don't have to go on the front and they're built in so we are talking about a significant investment here and i'm one well yeah three three is three thousand dollars is that yeah i am digidirect mark digidirect gets me those cameras (laughs) here's a plug uh he gets me those cameras at a little bit under three thousand for customers of mine yeah so that's pretty cool but yeah it is a significant upgrade but this is what anyone who's got a camera that they've had for a little while and you're starting to see all these nice new shiny toys at the top of the range, you've got to, you've got to ask yourself what major improvements you're going to get in your camera. So if the image quality is going to look exactly the same, but you might get a couple of bells and whistles, I would say probably not. But if combined with an increase in image image quality, there's a few other nice cool features that go with it, then I think it's worth looking at. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Having used both cameras myself as well, yeah. Mind you, the EM5 Mark II ripping camera, yeah, great really, yeah. really good little unit. Um, yeah. The uh, I would imagine the OM1 slightly larger as well. Um, and it I'm is. Yeah. Pretty, I'm pretty observant. It was Allison who yes. uh, I would assume identifies as a female, so she may have you know, smaller hands and may not want the bigger camera. And that's a fact. That's, I, I, I deal, I, I get, I get that a lot yes. you know, with, with, with um, smaller, physically smaller people who don't want to handle the yes, bigger camera, the right. OM1. but I think you're right. I think the OM1 is definitely worth looking at. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, I wish I knew a bit more about other camera brands as to what they're bringing out, Sony's and Canon's and Nikon's, and I probably should do some more research, but um, obviously, I'm a little more invested into OMD. A quick side note on that: yes. I am. People won't see it live, but I am actually doing a live chat with Olympus Digital in America this Friday morning. Right. Uh, that myself and another American photographer are getting on there about landscapes now, and, and will that be will that be after this? Before this has already come out, or after it'll already been done the morning yeah. of this coming out okay so cool is, so friday morning at 8 a.m i go on and we're having a bit of a half hour chat about my work in tassie and uh talking to uh michelle in america who's one of their marketing managers or marketing gurus so i'm really excited and apparently i'm the first australian olympus user to go on this thing so that's pretty cool we'd have so to see blake clearly i've got to live up to my 
reputation now. So yeah, if you if you were listening to that, if you go and look at the OM Digital YouTube site, you should probably see okay this, this morning's live uh, chat with me and our other guy called Connor. If I'm able to, I'll add the link in the description to that yeah. as well. Goodness me, how many links have we got in the description? On yeah, well, we're going to leave. We're going to leave the last link out. We'll do that. We'll carry that on to next week. But uh, I think you're uh, right. What have you uh, got for the rest of the week coming up? So uh, it's workshop time. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah. So this Monday, coming Monday, so two days after this comes out, three days after this comes out, um, yeah. I will be back running workshops out of my shop, which I'm very excited about. Cool. Um, well, I'm, I've at the moment got four people signed up to come and do that. And then the following Sunday, I run the same workshop, but over at my Torquay store. So right. um, I'm really excited about doing workshops out of the new space. Um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great space to do that sort of stuff in. Yeah. I'm actually quite looking forward to when we do the landscapes and seascapes workshop because yeah when's that one on uh that's coming i haven't put a date down yet but it's coming so we 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 start that in the shop and then we go out to the field and the great thing is we can pretty much walk there because it's you know, it's yeah it's not too far away um yeah. so i'm really looking forward to doing workshops back up and running and yourself what do you got coming up uh i'm off to again after a bit of a traveling trip i try and settle down a bit but i've got a um i've got a, actually got an om day olympus day this weekend just out of hobart which would be cool because we're getting snow towards the end of this week. So that'd be nice workout nicely. Awesome. And then later next week into the following week, I've got my Cradle Mountain workshop in winter. And fingers crossed we get a nice big dumping of snow. Do you um do you know the way to Cradle Mountain, mate? You know? uh, I'm gonna have to Google it. Okay. Yeah, I think it's up north somewhere. Not You'll sure. find it. Yeah. So yeah, that's about it. And then uh getting into August gets a little bit crazy. I've got an East Coast trip coming up and then uh, before I know it, I'll be back at the Flinders Ranges again in September. So it's all... It's going to roll around going. real quick, isn't it? It is. I've decided to take summer off this year. <laughs> I'll go to, just Play some golf. Some flog. Um, work on that Work on that handicap. Yeah. Again, thank you to DigiDirect for sponsoring. Again, yes. I'm going I'm I'm to do a bit of your job. But make sure you personal <laughs> message or PM us or DM us your Im uh, image, landscape image. Uh, what it can be from yesterday, can be from today, can be from 10 years ago, whatever your favorite landscape image is, send it through on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and then we'll have a look at them and we'll pick a winner for $150 voucher. Yeah, that'll be very cool. Love your work, Cam. Nice work. Thanks for everyone for joining us in episode 47. Uh, I'm assuming we'll put an episode out next week. Sounds like we'll probably be able to do that. I so. reckon if we look at the calendar, I reckon we can probably do a few in a row. We may even do a live yeah, show, show roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i can do next week i can do the week after and uh, yeah I, I can i can do pretty much the next oh, eight weeks who knows we'll see where this takes us it's going to be a journey uh thanks for listening cam thanks for being on board thanks, as man. usual we'll talk to you next week on the down south photo show bye for now see you folks bye